Go wild with Nation Gear's end of regular season merch madness sale. Nation Gear is offering our favorite fans 20% off all regular season merch. And we're going to give you free shipping on any orders over $200. Stock up your closet for the playoffs. Rep your team and grab that merch you've been eyeing up all season long. Don't wait. This sale only lasts from April 1st until April 7th. Shop the sale at nationgear.ca. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Puck Poolies. Maybe the most special episode we've ever done, because here we are on the draft floor in Nashville. We've just wrapped up the final pick. Stephen Ellis and I are here. We're going to talk about the fantasy implications of the draft. Stephen, first, just give me your initial reaction to how it all played out over the last couple of days. Uh, you know, a bit wild. You know, everyone expected kind of Connor Bedard, and then the rumors started to kind of circulate around that about what was going to happen next and Leo Carlson going to number two in Anaheim you know I don't necessarily think that was the right pick but Anaheim knows what they're doing there they know how to draft so I trust them that they made that right pick and then uh, just kind of just chaos happened after that and when you think of the totality of the draft I know a lot of people were really bored that there were no trades during the actual draft but to me you have to look at it as and I say this about the trade deadline as well there were still plenty of trades leading up to the draft they still count that excitement still counts. It didn't happen literally during the draft, but we still saw it. Taylor Hall moved, Tyler Toffoli, Kevin Hayes, Pierre-Luc Dubois. So I think the hype absolutely delivered this week. Uh, but let's start by talking about the fantasy implications of the top five picks. So I want to get your perspective on just the landing spots for those top five and what you're expecting early on. So let's start with the obvious Connor Bedard at number one, Chicago Blackhawks. I think part of the interest, and as you can probably tell, we are in the media area for the, for the theory and stuff here. Noise. That's where we are. Um, I, obviously, Bedard and Taylor Hall will be a lot of fun. And whether that Taylor Hall is there for the whole season or whether he's there for uh, until the trade deadline, I think that's a really nice piece there. You got a guy who understands what it's like to be a highly rated number one pick, um, has been through it all as an MVP. No, hasn't been the same player the last couple of years, but is going to be a very impactful player. So uh, the Blackhawks have got their number one center, and I think they're going to continue to build, you know, with with him. Like I have them ranked as the, the best team at the draft table this year. And it wasn't just because of Bedard. You can take Bedard out and they still have one of the best drafts in the entire uh, thing. They could have taken out Will Smith and they still would have hit up out of the park. So I like what the Hawks did. I like what Bedard's going to be able to do. It's going to be a tough team to compete against. For sure. And Kyle Davidson after the draft was saying that it was a mission to sort of insulate Connor Bedard. And that includes even drafting Oliver Moore, another really promising piece up the middle uh, with another one of those first round picks. And Bernard himself expressed a lot of excitement about playing with Hall. I think Nick Foligno is going to be more of a mentor, maybe 
the type of person that Bernard could live with, and that would be ideal. But from a fantasy perspective, Taylor Hall is definitely the name to know. Second pick in the draft was somewhat of a surprise. Leo Carlson goes to the Anaheim Ducks, and it's still up for debate in terms of how quick his NHL impact will be. I think a lot of people expected Adam Fantilli at number two. I'm sure the Blue Jackets are, well, I know the Blue Jackets were thrilled, but what's your take on Leo Carlson, and do you consider that pick a reach, or do you think he is going to hit a superstar ceiling for the Ducks? Hard to call a guy that's probably the third or fourth best prospect to reach, Um, but you know, with him, I think it's just, is it the right pick? Uh, I think that he's still going to be a very impactful player. I think Fantilli's got the higher ceiling, but with just the way that he was able to kind of take control, um, you know, it says something. Now, the big kind of prevailing story was if Carlson was available at number three for Columbus, Columbus wasn't going to pick him. So it's interesting to kind of see how their two philosophies are there. Uh, with Carlson, um, I think there's just so much value that's just away from the scoring too. He's a big body. He gets in front of the net. He creates a lot of screens. But then he's got a great shot. He can play the power play, and he's he's going to be playing the power play. Uh, he's a guy you could build a line around and be very happy about. And I think as he gets comfortable playing on that smaller ice, I think people are going to realize how just how good of a prospect he is. And number three, Adam Fantilli. Uh, and what was really interesting to me about that pick is there was some talk, oh, well, did Fantilli fall to three because the Ducks are looking for that instant gratification and they're not sure if Fantilli is going to go back to Michigan. But I did speak directly to Jarmo Kekalainen about it last night, and he a said that he believes Fantilli is not going to be in any type of checking role. He wants to be putting him on a scoring line role, role right away, but also that they absolutely believe he's ready and they're going to let him know they feel he's ready. So basically it's going to be Adam Fantilli's decision about turning pro, but the blue jackets want him right now. So from a fantasy perspective, that's extremely exciting. And, and of course we've said on the show a lot that Connor Bernard is going to be maybe a second round pick, but Adam Fantilli could be a top 100 pick in fantasy draft as well. The idea of playing with Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Laine, he talked about that last night as well, how excited he was. We can't forget about him now. And I do suspect that the Blue Jackets will be able to convince him to turn pro. It's just a matter of does he want to chase that championship. It'll be very interesting to watch. Uh, number four, very dynamic center, amazing hands. Will Smith goes to the San Jose Sharks. We know, of course, he's committed to Boston College for next year, so that's not going to be someone you can count on in your fantasy draft this coming fall, but I'm sure you would agree the ceiling's still really high long-term. Yeah, 100%. I I think with Will Smith, I expect him to do the one year of college and then he'll go pro, Um, so there's that. Uh, A guy that just I think got underrated by the average fan. You know, a lot of people that are like, he's not a top five prospect. I think those people all should watch him play because he generated so many scoring chances on that top line, the top U.S. national development line we've ever seen, and maybe one of the best we've seen in junior hockey in general. So uh, I think that Will Smith's going to be just an, you know, I I thought they should have gone for, they they probably should have gone for Mitchkoff, but with the way Will Smith's going to end up becoming, I've got no problems with his play. I think he's going to be the number one center they needed. And, you know, Mitchkoff wasn't a center, so there's that too. For sure. Long-term successor up the middle. Eventually, Logan Couture is going to age his way out of that lineup. You still have Thomas Hurdle to build around who signed long-term, but Will Smith now your number one center of the future. The number five overall pick was one that sent a lot of people into a frenzy. The Habs pass on Matvey Mitchkov. They go for David Reinbacher, the Austrian sensation. And I know he's someone who's been on your radar a lot leading up to this draft. And you were one of the people I believe that had a feeling they might go for him at number five. So what do you think is the expectation? Because especially compared to the other names that went at the top of this draft, I think the average casual fan probably knows a lot less about Reinbacher. Is he someone that is going to be a star fantasy defenseman down the road? 
No, uh, I don't. I, I don't <laughs> think so. And, and that's okay. I, I think he's going to be one of the best defensemen in this class. And you know, he could hit forty points a couple times. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like people are kind of. Like, I talked to a couple of scouts. They're like, you know, if he hits thirty-five points and he does everything like he can and all the other abilities, he's going to be a great defenseman. Fantasy wise, I, I don't think so. Like, I, I actually, Sandy Pelica and and Lucas Dragasevich are two guys I think that have more. Uh, fantasy potential easy enough for me to say um among defensemen so uh that being said i do fully believe david reinbach is the best defenseman in this draft and he was a top 10 player i just don't think montreal made the right pick there okay so that's our quick rundown of the top five now i want to go through five of the biggest names that were traded because i know for anyone out there who's trying to assess next year in their fantasy drafts they want to know did the fantasy value of these players change for better or worse so Throw five names at me, Stephen, and I'll give you a quick rundown of my take. Well, Pierre-Luc Dubois, that's an interesting one. Uh, kind of like, it was funny because when he got tra- traded, it was like I was doing a show with the Winnipeg radio station, and it was kind of interesting. But uh, him going to the LA Kings, those centers are going to be pretty hard to play against. They will. And I think, obviously, in real life, it's a great upgrade for the LA Kings. They're going to be incredibly deep up the middle, Bill Andre Kopitar and Philip Deneau. If we're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, I think it's possible that this is a break even for Pierre-Luc Dubois because you have to understand the Winnipeg Jets, despite their struggles in recent seasons, uh, their me- mediocrity at least, they're still, they've been consistently loaded it forward. So Dubois has not been lacking for quality linemates. His two most frequent linemates this year were Kyle Connor and Blake Wheeler. So going to LA, maybe you're going to get to play with Kevin Fiala, but it could be Arthur Kaliev, Adrian Kempe, the list goes on. But I think overall, even in the best case scenario with their line deployment, I, I think it's going to be kind of a lateral move. Uh, I don't think Dubois' value is going to go down. He's joining a team that's very much on the rise, but I think he's going to be worth about the same. I think you're still looking at that 65-point range in terms of his scoring ceiling. Yeah, I, I can't go wrong there. And uh, Let's go Taylor Hall, a uh, guy we kind of just briefly talked about a few minutes ago, uh, going and playing with a guy named Connor Bedard next year. Yeah, this one's a slam dunk, and uh, I have a vested interest in this one. Uh, we have not declared our keepers in our pool right now, and Taylor Hall is one of my keepers, so suddenly I'm wondering if I should pivot and sign him for next season. Uh, he gets an obvious jump in his fantasy value because if you look at Boston, he was squeezed out of that top six. The Pavel Zaka acquisition changed everything for Taylor Hall because Zaka ended, ended up sticking on that second line, formed great chemistry with the all-check line with Dave Krejci and David Pasternak. That bumped Taylor Hall down to the second line, or third line, rather, left-wing spot for the majority of the season. So, of course, there was injuries as well, but even before he got hurt, the scoring pace, it was 16 goals, 36 points, and I believe 61 games. It was a big drop-off in his production. Now, there's very little competition on that team, at least as currently constructed. We'll see what the Chicago Blackhawks do in the next couple of days. But Taylor Hall is ticketed for first-line duty with Connor Bedard, and I think it's possible we'll see the best per-game production from Taylor Hall since probably his best year with the New Jersey Devils. So I think he's now now absolutely a player of interest in fantasy. Okay, I like that one. Kevin Hayes, uh, going to St. Louis. I'm not sure I understand that one there. Yeah, I understand the idea that the Blues were retooling. They had all those first-round picks, and we were expecting them to do something with them uh, and add a forward. I thought they were going to be aiming a little higher, going for a younger player with more upside, someone like Alex Dabrinkit or Travis Konechny. In this case, Kevin Hayes, you're sort of adding you know, veteran savvy to a team that has plenty of veterans. I don't really understand the move in terms of upside for St. Louis. In fantasy, I do think it's a downgrade for Kevin Hayes. In Philadelphia, he... 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Was pretty much the de facto first line center this past season. He was a sleeper going into the year because of that. This year, now he's competing with Braden Shen and Robert Thomas for even just a role in the top six. I think it's possible Kevin Hayes ends up your third line center in St. Louis for most of the season. So to me, even though he's joining a better team in terms of fantasy value, it's an absolute downgrade. Yep. No, I 100% agree there. I don't understand that one. Uh, for, for, okay. Sorry. The Blues, uh, I, I kind of get it because now their center depth is much better than they were before. But again, it's not really necessarily great for him fantasy wise, but also like, aren't the blues trying to be killing this team here? Aren't they trying to be blowing up? Why are they getting Kevin Hicks? I don't know. Yeah. It's a questionable acquisition. I mean, I, I do think that Doug Armstrong, he has made it clear he wants to retool. So even though they went down last year, it's similar to 2018. They reloaded after that season and then they came back strong, of course, won the cup. Uh, but it's more just, Aim higher than Kevin Hayes, maybe? Mm. No disrespect to Kevin Hayes, but I, that's not going to move the needle. Uh, who's next on the list? Who else do you have? All right, next one will be Tyler Toffoli. This is an interesting one because Toffoli is now joining a more crowded operation. The Devils are looking pretty stacked right now. At the same time, I think there's a decent chance that Tyler Toffoli will be deployed in a top six role. Uh, I think there's a decent chance it's going to be with Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes, or maybe it's, it's Nico Heischer. There's going to be power play time. And I think just in general, the New Jersey Devils, that's an offense you want a piece of right now. And I think Toffoli is going to be a beneficiary. I know he actually had quietly quite a good year in Calgary, but I think he can maintain that production. Uh, and I'm not going to say necessarily exceed, exceed it given his age. I think he's already peaked as a player, but I think he's going to have plenty of fantasy value next season with the Devils. And I'm very excited to see if he ends up playing with Jack Hughes. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> Devils are going to be so good. Devils are going to be so good. Offense, defense question marks and gold so we'll find out what they do there and the last one is riley smith yeah riley smith this is another player who i think is making somewhat of a lateral move uh, his role was pretty established in the vegas golden knights he was mostly locked in the top six he can play either wing but he spent a lot of his time there of course on that misfit line with his old pals mark so william carlson this year the deployment was a little bit different for him but he was still used in all situations i think in pittsburgh the usage will be pretty similar uh i'm suspecting he'll be in a top six role 
And that could mean playing with one of Sidney Crosby or Kenny Malkin. I think Malkin is the one who's more likely to need some help on his wing if Crosby's going to have Gensel and Rust, his usual uh, wingers, this coming season. But either way, I, I think at worst, Riley Smith's value is going to be roughly the same, but I think it's possible he's going to play with a higher quality center. Uh, just keep in mind... This is a relatively low ceiling player. He's a really well-rounded player, but Riley Smith has never been known as a particularly high-end finisher. So I don't think you're going to see him, even if he's playing with Evgeny Malkin, suddenly become a 70, 80-point player. I think we know who Riley Smith is at this point. He's a perfectly solid player. In a shallow league, he's going to be someone who bounces around the wafer wire, is on your team for a week, and then he's off your team. And I think that'll be roughly the same as he goes to Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, I, I have to agree with that one. It, with the Penguins, they're kind of in this weird spot where we've been talking about for a while. Like, shouldn't they be focused on the rebuild? And they won't with Crosby and Latang and those guys there. But I don't know. That gives them extra scoring. So why not? That's right. Uh, now, Stephen, let's talk about a couple draft picks that happened. They're both first rounders, but uh, outside that top five. Uh, and I want you to name someone who just who popped for whatever reason for you in terms of where he went in the draft, what team took him, and just why you're excited about him from a fantasy perspective. Well, Zach Benson going to, to Buffalo is one that I I had him as my sixth-ranked player, and I understood there was a lot of teams that were not going to even think about him going that high. Um, just from a pure like skill perspective, he's one of the better players in the draft. Uh, his defensive game needs a bit of work, and skate needs a bit of work, uh, but you know this, he was the second-highest scoring guy in the WHL this year among draft-eligible prospects, so that's a pretty impressive uh, number there. I think the one thing with him, though, is and I wrote about it this morning. It's like Buffalo has a, one of the best prospect pools in the league. And he's good friends with Matt Savoy, who is also a Sabres prospect. At a certain point, you got to wonder if there's going to be an odd man out. Would it be, will it be Yuri Kulik? Will it be, could it be Zach Benson packaged in trade because he's such a valuable player? Like he's a guy who could be closer to top five in most other drafts, just given the the strength of this draft, he did fall a little bit. So uh, that'd be interesting to see there. But I, I think Zach Benson's got a very bright future. I, I'm very high on him. I know higher than most but i think that just from a pure skill perspective it's hard to beat a guy like that yeah and you can see the sabers working their way toward that critical mass of young talent and i think if this is the season where they break through and become a playoff team like you said they're suddenly going to be able to take maybe one of their really good prospects and it, and make him expendable we've seen sort of the la kings have been the team that's followed that model in recent seasons and they sort of signaled that shift last year when they traded brock Faber in the deal for Kevin Viala. And of course this year they trade Kapari as well in Velarde, but I think the Sabres are working their way toward a similar juncture and it's exciting to watch them right now. Uh, in terms of the name that I'm watching closely, it's Gabriel Perot. Of course we know he broke Austin Matthews scoring record at the USNDTB this year, played on that unbelievable line with Will Smith and Zach Leonard. But I'm excited about the fit because the New York Rangers are a team that needs help on the right wing. We know, of course, there's the exodus. Vladimir Tarasenko is likely to leave the free agent. We know Patrick Kane is gone. Kapokako has not really panned out. Bar Barkley Goodrow is another name who's been popping up in the trade rumor mill. They're desperate on the right wing. And I'm not saying that Perot is going to be, of course, playing for them this coming season. He also is going to Boston College. But I think that's a good depth chart for him to be on in terms of the potential to climb and end up in the top six in a prominent scoring line role, maybe in a, maybe two seasons. But either way, long-term for his fantasy value, I really like the fit for Gabe Perot and the New York Rangers. I agree. I think Perot, the biggest thing here is skating. And people ask, like, what, what about his skating? You know, not a great transitional skater uh, going forward to def forward to backwards and, and vice versa. And then also just not a ton of high-end speed. A lot of his goals are just standing still, but he scores a lot. And he can play with quality players. And 
being able to play with high quality players and be able to keep up the guys who are probably faster and creating that offense and, and being in the finishing spots, that's that's a valuable trade. Absolutely. So before we go, Stephen, let's do a couple of listener questions. I think the first one is from literally my dad, which, hey, we got to give him a question from time to time because he asks good questions. In this case, he clearly has a vested interest in his own fantasy team because he has Kevin Fiala. But let's hear the question. What does he have? He's a smart guy. Uh, But he asks, uh, how has Kevin Fiala's fantasy value changed with the addition of Pierre-Luc Dubois? Yeah, it's interesting. Um I'm not completely convinced it's going to change much. And that's no disrespect to Dubois. But I think that, again, Kevin Fiala hasn't been hurting for quality line mates uh, in that first season in L.A., primarily playing with Andre Kopitar. And I don't think that Dubois, even though he's younger, is going to be a significant change in just overall line mate quality. And the thing is, Fiala is more the type who is underrated for his playmaking ability. He can make others around him better. It's not like he's a passenger who needs a good center to be driving the play on the line. So I think Fiala is going to continue to be a point per game player or better. I don't think Dubois is going to move the needle for him. I think we know who Fiala is and it's plenty useful right now. And and as long as he stays healthy and as long as, you know, it'd be good to see him play a whole 82 games where he's consistent, but uh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, the next question and the final question here comes from Mark Sampson. Which late round pick could be a solid sleeper? I also just want to mention, I keep getting alerts that there's some heavy rain continuing. We, I don't know if you guys have heard on the broadcast in, in Nashville, but uh, there's a pretty nasty storm. That was very loud. It seems like it's calmed down, but I keep getting alerts for it. Yeah, there's a monsoon and, and Brad Living actually was just doing some media availability and he was saying he thinks we might all be stuck in here together for free agency. So wish Stephen and me luck getting home, but on to the question. If you're hearing this, that means we're making it home. So that's a good sign. Um, the uh, yeah, my my late round pick could be Joe uh, Jacola, uh, defender, goaltender with the National Predators now. Uh, played in Finland this past year as a starting goalie. Was actually one of the best goalies in the entire league. Uh, he's a double overager. Um, got passed over at the World Juniors. Or sorry, was very good at the World Juniors in 2022, but God, it didn't. It was too late at that point. The the draft already happened. Um, his body of work this year makes me think that he's a guy that could come over and be an NHL backup goalie and be somewhat valuable. Um, it's always hard to predict these late round sleepers because that's part of the thing is you kind of wait till the summer, you wait till the next season, and that's when you start to find them, not the day of the draft. But with him, it's a, a an overage goalie in, in a time where goalies are hard to come by, um, high quality goalies that is, and uh, I think that he could be. He could be a guy that's playing 30 games in a, in a year and, and give you wins because he's so competitive. He's a good battler. He's very athletic. He's just not a big goalie. He's six foot one. So will that matter? So, so, so now that he's on Nashville, we'll see. Nashville knows a thing or two about having some small goalies and some big goalies. It's either like small or massive. It's kind of strange how that happens. But that's right. I believe in him. Uh, Nashville knows how to develop goalies as good as anyone. That's very true. They have set the gold standard, and that's a perfect way to finish this miniature episode because here we are in Nashville, and David Poyle has just gotten a lovely send-off as he becomes now a senior advisor for the Nashville Predators. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, if you're wondering what a sinus infection sounds like, this is it. So I apologize for the sound of my voice. Hopefully it's at least audible, and hopefully you got some valuable nuggets for your fantasy draft next season based on what we just told you about this draft. And Keep an ear out and an eye out after free agency, which is two days from now. We will have a full rundown on all the happenings from July 1st. Thanks, everybody. And thank you, Stephen. And also a shout out to Stephen for all the amazing work he's done leading up to this draft. An absolute machine. And we're lucky to have him at Daily Faceoff. Thanks, everybody. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.